Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, Mark Peterson here. Welcome back to another episode of The Journey Within. I'm on the road traveling this week, hunting for a mountain niala in Ethiopia, so you know I'm having a good time. Aaron Blyce is going to co-host for me this week, and he's sitting down with Eric Shell and going over how to start and maintain a tags portfolio with WTA. This is a can't-miss episode. Eric is a tags genius, and we all know Aaron's great at hosting. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. I am your host today, Aaron Blasey, and uh, Mark is not with me again. So I'm actually at uh, WTA HQ this week and recording with a whole bunch of the consultants. And today, right now, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Shell on with me. <laughs> nice to be here with you today, Aaron. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy to have you here, man. So you've we're gonna, today we're going to be talking about starting a portfolio and maintaining a portfolio. So that's something that like is very pivotal, correct? And like you know, trying to go on different hunts and, and booking hunts and, and drawing hunts, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to start somewhere. You don't start saving for a retirement at 62 and think right. it's going to happen at 64. <laughs> right. The yeah. earlier in the process you get things going, mm-hmm. the more opportunity you're going to create for yourself. Yep. So you're, you're actually my personal consultant. You've been my consultant for a couple of years now. I'm just my portfolio is all whitetail stuff because that's just what I'm into right now. But I want to get into this a little bit. But first and foremost, let's give a little background on you, who you are, where the heck you come from, and what you do here for WTA. So here at WTA, I'm a tags consultant. Each and each and every day, I'm working through hunting strategies with people, formulating portfolios to meet their Western hunting goals, dreams, desires. I actually grew up about an hour south of here in Sterling, Colorado okay. on a farm and ranch. And that's where I fell in love with wildlife and hunting. And it's mainly just being outdoors. Yep. Um, came from a guiding outfitting background uh, in Colorado, New Mexico, primarily. 
and I sold my business. I don't know, probably going on seven years ago. I had an outfitting business in Colorado. Okay. And during that transitional period, I was approached to come up and take an interview here and worked out really well. Certain things <laughs> in life always just seem to time out. And mm -hmm. this was the perfect opportunity when it arose. See, and that's, I, you know, I podcast with, with Jason Berger not too long ago. And I, and I told him, I said, one of the things I like about all the consultants here, you guys were either outfitters or guides. So you were on like the boots on the ground type guys that like know the ins and outs of everything that goes on the outfitting side. So like, I feel like the transition coming to being a consultant and giving all the hunters and clients information that they need is like second nature for you guys. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, you, it's, it's a developing process. Sure. If you just walked in and sat in one of these chairs, you could possibly get your way, limp your way through it, mm -hmm. but you're not going to have the knowledge. You have to have everybody's perspective. I've been a guide. I've been an outfitter. I've been a paying client. I've been on every side of it. And when I, when I think through these processes, I look at it from every direction imaginable. And I feel like that gives me a lot stronger understanding of what I'm dealing with. Sure. That makes sense. And cause you just don't want to BS through it. I mean, you want to know, you want to have the answers. If somebody's going to give you a question you want, for me anyway, I would think you'd want the answer, right? Well, yeah, you want a factual answer. Right, exactly. And you want it timely. You want it to be factual. And sometimes even if it's not the answer you want, yeah. sometimes the answers you don't want to hear are the best ones because it keeps you from going down a bad road. Sure. That makes sense. So, okay, let's get into this. Portfolios, they're, they're key. Explain to me first and foremost what a portfolio is. From the ground zero, what is a portfolio? So here at TAGS, we use the, the definition portfolio. It is essentially a list of your applications that were custom, well, that portfolio is designed for you. Typically, I'm going to go through a call with somebody, 15 to 20 minutes is usually what they last. Somebody's going to say, I want to hunt elk, mule deer, antelope, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to hunt a sheep someday. So I'm going to take those species, their age, their physical ability, a number of other factors. And I'm going to lay out, these are the states for you based off the information you gave me. And then that will generate your portfolio of the applications I think work for you, accomplish those goals, send it over to you, walk through it, talk about it, make sure you're comfortable with it before we, we move on anything but some guys, some guys want to go in depth and understand this fully. I, I personally am one to, when I'm dealing with a professional, my mindset is always, don't tell me about the labor, show me the baby. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't, I don't want to, to go in depth on certain things. And I have a lot of clients that are, that are on that side. And then the other side of, they want to understand what's going on. They just don't want to deal with it themselves. Sure. They want the 500 foot view, not the 50,000 foot view. Yep. That makes sense. So, you know, for a new client coming or even an existing client is a port. Uh, okay. Let's start with a new client with the portfolio. How robust do you want a portfolio as far as like, do you want to just dip your toe or do you want to be like, I think it's a better option if you, we do a couple instead of just one. Uh, it depends on the client. Uh, you know, certain people are only focused on a certain animal. But what you have to consider when you're laying out these portfolios, you don't think about 
you know, this year or next year, depending on the client, you got to be thinking, I've got 15 years left in my hunting career. What do I want to accomplish in the next 15 years? Sure. Not That's a great way to look at it. You, you have to think long-term. So there's certain things we start today that we know will do nothing for us until eight, nine, 10 plus years from now. Mm -hmm. But that creates that opportunity year after. If we don't start that now, well, we're a year behind. We yep. delay it two years, we're two years behind. So that's where it comes into that long-term mindset. You have to say, what, what do I have on the radar for the rest of my hunting career? Not just now. Now we can amend this portfolio because all of us, our minds change. You're a whitetail junkie today. Once you hear an elk scream in your face, you're going to be an elk junkie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all going to change. And we transition with that. But we do want to create a portfolio that's well-rounded. Because I know, I've told you before, you know, you need to start on the elk now because mm -hmm. you're young and it'll give you time to build points and still do great hunts while you're physically able to do so. Sure. You know, that's some of that forward thought I always try to put into things. Yeah, that makes total sense. You just got me chills because I think next year we're going to start elk now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it is right. Like, you know, I look at from my perspective is like Iowa. I'm a big whitetail guy, like you said. So like Iowa, we can only draw for non-residents maybe every four to five years. And with tag creep, it might be a little worse. So when I really break down my next, you know, the latter part of my hunting career, it's like I might only have five or six more trips to Iowa. That concerns me because I want more. You know what I mean? So it's like get on that that stuff now, like elk hunting. How, you know, I'm in decent shape. So, like, how long can I actually physically do this? You know, get get those points in and get, get those applications going and build that portfolio. Now, what are the advantages to a portfolio? And that might be a broad question, but like what if, to, to start one, what are some of the advantages I'm going to get to, you know, if I'm a new guy coming, what, what are those things that like, uh, you know, you're really, you know, you need to start because of this. Well, let's look at, I guess we'll look at some of the examples I, I can sure. say from taking phone calls. I have a, I have guys call me every year. I've been applying in A, B, and C for species X, Y, and Z. And then, okay, that, that's great. We get into the meat and potatoes. What are you wanting to do in life? What are your, your hunting goals? Well, what you've been applying for absolutely does not correspond. We've been running in the wrong direction for five years. And without that kind of call it guidance, you're going to continue to run in the wrong direction for five years, or you're not going to go anywhere. So we, we either have negative progression or no progression in that time frame. That's where getting on the phone with somebody who does this every day is extremely beneficial to make sure from the word go, you are going in the direction that is going to meet those, again, those hunting goals and desires within the time frame specified, if possible. But it's positive growth, not negative growth. I got you. So just keep that ball rolling, you know, just, just keep kicking it down the road a little it, bit. Exactly. And that's what all this is. It's a steadfast thing. You yep. get on these applications, you're building points and you have a name in the hat in a lot of states. You have to keep doing that and maintain that. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go through big peaks and valleys with your applications. 
uh, in terms of, hey, I'm going to apply in, let's say, Arizona this year, but I'm not next year. And then the next year I might pick it up again. You know, th- this is definitely a game of consistency. Okay. So when I, set up, when I set up a portfolio, one of the things I always ask people is, what's your budget? And what are you committed, not this year, but doing for the next, let's say, 10 years? Let's set something up that's realistic. We're not going to peak in Valley. We might have some things if you say, well, I'm, I've got too many hunts next year. Maybe we sit something out where it makes sense, but we're going to continue to build points everywhere else just because we know it's about you know staying on the level and uphill progression. Slow and steady wins the race in this game. Yep. So you, you mentioned preference points. There might be some people listening to this that don't know what preference points are. So let's break that down a little bit. What are preference points and how do those work? So... In, I guess I'll take one step back here. These states typically are going to operate on one of, call it three systems. The first one being a 100% random lottery. You put your name in the hat, everybody's name goes in, one gets plucked out. Then you have a preference point system. Colorado uses one. It's whomever applies for a certain hunt, be it weapon in season, with the most preference points is awarded a tag. And then you also have a bonus point system. A bonus point system is I have three bonus points. Your name goes into the hat three times. It's still heavily random, but it is weighted towards the guy who has consistently applied and built those points. I got you. So it's obviously you know, the states that have preference points, you want to keep building those. Cause you know, my instance for Iowa, it takes four or five years. So you need to get, build those four or five year points up so you can draw. So uh, is that how a lot of states work then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, uh, more than a handful of states are on this preference point system, which some people dislike because you, you can't draw from the word go. Right. But that's part of the planning process. Take Iowa, in Colorado and Wyoming, you know, Wyoming is a bit of a modified preference point system, but overall, you know how many points you need to draw a certain tag. That's part of the planning process. If you're applying in this, in take those three states, for example. If we started today, we're not hunting Iowa until 2026, right. 2027. We need filler hunts in between. Okay, one year we're going to go do a mule deer antelope combo next year in Wyoming. Easy to draw. We'll get our points this fall. Boom, we're going to Wyoming next year. Year after that, we're going to go to Colorado elk hunting. Year after that, we're going to bounce back to Colorado for mule deer, then Wyoming for elk. Now, all of a sudden, we're in Iowa. We're there, and we had some great opportunities in between. In some in some aspects, it almost expedites that Iowa trip. Like, you know, four years goes by really quick, you know, because you're busy. You're, you're doing these awesome hunts. You're... You're harvesting animals, and it's like, man, now it's like, wow, I'm going to Iowa this year. Let's let's do it. So then that process starts over. You know what I mean? After the Iowa thing, it's like, okay, what do you want to do now? Let's well, let's pivot maybe. Yeah, now all of a sudden if we look back on it again, so we hunted Wyoming for antelope and mule deer. Now by the time we've got back to Iowa, we have four points again for Wyoming antelope and mule deer. For sure. Maybe we want to go to a destination before we drew a tag with one point. Let's look at some, you know, maybe a higher quality antelope hunt. Go try to shoot a big trophy antelope the following year. It's, I kind of, I look at it like a revolving door. Mm -hmm. Each year you're going to get off somewhere 
and go through the exit and the door keeps spinning. Your points keep building in there. And if you have a solid portfolio, if you say, I want to go on a hunt each year, different location, different species, it's easy to do. You just have to know how to tailor it, what areas, et cetera. But it's, it's easily done. That's not an issue whatsoever. Yeah. And when you say you want to have like a robust portfolio, that means like you want to be doing something every year, but still building to that, you know, that 10, maybe that eight to 10 year goal. Like, hey. you know, pick out your big one. Oh, I want to do a bighorn sheep hunt in 10 years. Okay. Hey. Let's lay out that roadwork to get to that point. Oh yeah, exactly. And I mean, same thing by far the most talked about species is elk. So if we use elk and as a as an example here, we all want a big trophy bull. There's, if you, if you don't want one, you just, you, <laughs> you haven't shot the first one after right. you want to keep upgrading, no different yeah. than a whitetail, anything else. But if we use elk for an example, you can draw Montana with one point. You can draw Wyoming with three or four points, Colorado with three or four points. So those are easier elk draws in the same breath. We might be building points up in Arizona or Utah towards that once in a lifetime Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's lots of opportunity in the meantime to hunt and to do the type of hunting you want to do while we're on the road to get to that that end goal of a super, you know, Super that, Bowl. Yeah. Hey everybody, I just wanted to drop in and remind you of an important tag deadline. We have Utah elk, deer, antelope, moose, sheep, goat, bison on April 27th and Kansas has their deer on April 28th. The Idaho moose, sheep, goat on April 30th. And to kick the month of May off, we have the Montana moose, sheep, and goat on May 1st. Make sure to give the team at WT a call and get applied. So let's do a hypothetical here. Let's say you have a a guy or gal call and is like, hey, I don't know anything about this. Um, How do I start a portfolio? Like, where do we start? What information, you know, if they don't have any information, like, well, I, I kind of want to hunt a whitetail or I want to hunt a, like a, a sheep or maybe an elk. Like if they give you like not a lot of information, where do you start then? Like what, what do you, you know, start asking them to like, okay, let's, let's road work this out here. So, you know, kind of what style of hunting are you into? Mm-hmm. What, what's going to, what gets you excited? If you're watching TV or watching YouTube, have you seen something that just spurs it? Cause some people do call, I, especially over the last couple of years, I've had a lot of calls of, Hey, I'm an Eastern whitetail guy. And that's all they've and ever done. I know? see TV shows. I, I've read the, read the articles. I want to hunt out West. Okay. Well, let's start diving into this. You know, I, I like to hike. I like the wilderness. I'm only a rifle hunter right now. Okay, so that starts eliminating things. If we if we had a big pie, that starts eliminating portions of it. And as somebody answers those questions, it's going to slowly, you know, key me to go, okay, that, that person wants a wilderness elk hunt off horses with a rifle. Let's start planning for Wyoming three years from now. And they say, well, I was really looking to go next year. Okay, well, let's also apply in New Mexico because it's 100% random. We're going to build points in Wyoming for a hunt three years from now, but you could draw that hunt in New Mexico next year. And if what's the worst thing? So you got a Wyoming elk point. You right. never, nobody ever goes elk hunting once. That's 
at least not anybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> you're once you do it once, you're gonna do it a second, third, right. and fourth time. So that's where we're we're kind of diversifying. We want to get to that end goal as fast as we can of doing that wilderness elk hunt. What are some good hunts to like dip your toes in? If you have this elk hunt that's like it might be three to five years out, like what are some and I know it caters to the caters to the hunter and, and what they want to do, but I guess from a 30,000 foot view, like in your opinion, what are some of those good hunts to like the onboard process? Like, eh, you know, it's a high success rate. It's relatively really good on the budget because, you know, it comes down to money a lot of times, you know, for a lot of people. So what are some of those hunts that you really would steer them towards? By far the best Western introduction hunt, I would say is antelope. Okay. Bar none or a mule deer antelope combo. Uh, it gives you that Western hunting style, the spot and stock glassing, etc. cetera, uh, or a mule deer hunt. You know, there's, there's not mule deer east of the Mississippi and there's a reason right. it's a, it's Western hunting in its purest form, especially for somebody who wants to go see the mountains, experience that type of a hunt. You can't beat mule deer. What's in your opinion, one of the best mule deer states? Uh, Colorado. Yeah. I, I know I'm from there, but to me, the opportunity is, it's so broad from the guy who's just looking to go harvest a representative buck. You can draw tags fairly easily for that up to the person who wants to hunt Boone and Crockett quality deer. Colorado is by far the largest producer of, of big bucks when mm -hmm. you look at the BNC and the Pope and Young book. Okay. So Colorado's got a bit of everything. The herd is not what it was you know in the call it the good old days <laughs> yeah but it's definitely building back up and things are going in the right direction okay what about elk you know what are those big elk that are obtainable for for guys and gals so when it comes to big bulls it's hard to overlook there there's really a few states i couldn't pin it down to one i love new mexico being a hundred percent random draw each and every year you never so they're a lottery every year then lottery each and every year you don't know what year is going to be your year and there's always there's always names come out of the hat of people who first year second year applying they hit the holy grail and they're going to 16a in the gila but if we're planning an elk hunt off of points montana for archery hunters you you can't beat it for hunting big bulls within a five-year period and it, it rivals what you see in a lot of the best units in Colorado, Utah, Arizona, um, and then Wyoming. The Cowboy State, I, I don't know why, it often sits on the back burner forever. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's Western Wyoming wilderness elk hunting across the whole. You can't paint it with that broad brush. Central, Eastern Wyoming, the big private ranches. Each and every year, there's a lot of big bulls that get shot, and nobody ever hears about them just because of the nature of the circumstance. But those hunts cannot be overlooked. I gotcha. And that makes sense. Um, I, I do feel like Wyoming in general is just kind of the forgotten child. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. No, it, it's the redheaded stepkid of the West. <laughs> I, I do feel like just yeah. because everybody, I mean, it, and rightfully so, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, lots of big animals come out of those states. Yep. And they're heavily publicized. But when you get down to the nitty gritty and the stuff that doesn't hit social media or the internet in general, you know, Wyoming, Wyoming produces a lot of big animals. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. 
Um, something that is is kind of near and dear to me a little bit is starting a portfolio for a kid because I've I've got a young daughter and if she wants to take on you know hunting and everything like that like you guys have a kids program like tell me talk, talk to me about starting a portfolio kid for a kid and and why you would want to I mean I know why I'd want to but like I want to hear it from you oh most definitely and I start with my kids the second they have hunters ed yep. I'm applying my kids is there an age that they have to be to start applying uh it depends on the state okay uh, there's a couple states we can build you can build points and or hunt there are no age restrictions. Okay. So there's definitely options out there for a kid who's seven, eight years old. Hunting has hunter safety. Hunter safety is a key component of that, but there's a lot of states that do not require, you know, a kid to be a certain age to get hunter's ed. So if that's a hurdle somebody out there is currently facing, call us. We can help you get through that. Um, overall, the, the floodgates open up it. 10 years old or 12 okay you know there's there's call it a, a pedestal lots of things at 10 everything at 12 they can pretty much get into and we have what we call the kids apply free program for all the parents out there if you are an active client of wta tags we will do your kids stuff the at essentially no cost you would pay the state fee which is nominal for kids they're all reduced. The non-resident hunting licenses are greatly reduced as well. A state like Arizona, they ping you and I for a $150 non-resident hunting license. I, I believe the kids is about 30 bucks okay. off the top of my head. So you can apply your kids for these tags at a greatly reduced price. And worst case scenario, they don't draw. Well, from the time you're 12 to 18 you built six points up in that state for a heck of a reduced amount mm -hmm. and that that makes sense because you know you talk like i'm 35 now and i don't know if i'll ever be able to do a sheep hunt you know because you got to start you got to build points up for a long time you know i mean i could do a sheep hunt but they're getting so pricey too or it's like you almost got to draw one you oh, know <laughs> yeah no it, it definitely saves there yeah. and that's where getting started um you know for the kids at 10 at 12 whatever that age is get going right away mm -hmm. don't delay that process and some of these states like back to new mexico you know one of my favorites especially there's no age limits for kids they just have to have hunter's ed new mexico requires you to submit the tag fee at the time of applying with our kids apply free program we float that money for all those tags. If you're applying for sheep, Ibex, Oryx, the works in New Mexico for a kid, you can touch 8,000 bucks on your credit card overnight doing mm -hmm. that. We float that at no cost. That way we make sure your kids are applied for everything they have any desire to hunt and it's not coming out of your pocket to do it. Well, and you do that for adults as well, right? Float the cost for that? Yes, we do. Okay, yeah, so because that's one thing I when I went to Iowa in nineteen, you know, you guys floated that like tag cost because that's another thing for Iowa is like you have to pay the whole tag in full, and if you draw, then you have it. Then then I would have to pay WTA, correct? Correct. Yeah. You're exactly right, and the float is definitely beneficial because it does allow, uh, you know, it opens things up a little bit from a sense of you're not concerned about how much money you have out there at right. the time, especially for 
guys who own their own business. Cash flow is is key and having, you know, call it $40,000 or more sitting out there for you and your kids to apply can put a stranglehold on you to some degree. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, maybe you have the money to float, but it's inconvenient. Also with our service, you're getting one invoice a year. That portfolio comes once a year. It's clean down to the cent of what you would owe for the applications. And the only reason you'll pay anymore is if you draw a tag. Yep. But that also gives us the security. We use our card when we apply people. There's never a chance that our card gets frauded and you don't get a tag. Yeah. Some of these states, they give you 24 hours, 48 hours after you've drawn. If your card is not valid and you were drawn and you don't update your card, you miss the email, you miss the phone call, you miss the tag. That doesn't happen here. Yeah, that's a good point because you guys are floating a lot of fees a lot of years for a lot of different clients, you know? So these states are seeing your card getting swiped and it's like, oh, we know this This is second nature, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's the security. We oh, are yeah. not, you're never going to lose a tag because a card has been frauded or, you know, you applied two months ago, the card's now outdated. That doesn't exist, but yep. it can be a serious problem especially for guys who, you know, we're all busy mm -hmm. and we miss emails. We miss phone calls that can't happen in this situation. Yep. For sure. So does it cost any money to start a portfolio with you guys? No consultation is free. We, you know, we're more than happy to jump on the phone, talk to people, help them. Uh, the consultation is, is you'll never be charged for a phone call. Yep. I mean, if you have questions about a portfolio, we encourage you pick up the phone, talk to your consultant. And that's a benefit when I say your consultant. You don't call in and talk to whomever happens to answer the phone. You have somebody that you build a relationship with. They understand what you want. And, and it just, it works better because it's a one-on-one -on -one every year from now until the end of time. Yep. And it's, you know, I talked to Jason about it as well. It's like that consultant's working for you. So it's somebody in your corner that has your best interest in mind because you're almost, you know, you're almost building a relationship with that consultant to where like they're going to know you kind of like a friend. You know what I mean? You're going to start being like a friend of them where, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to do this. This is the type of hunter. They, you know, you as a consultant is going to see a pattern with me like, okay, this guy likes to do a lot of, you know, you know, Midwest whitetail hunts or whatever it is out of a tree stand, like, or it's an elk hunt that eh, I don't really like to walk a lot, you know, a horseback kind of thing. Like you're going to, you're going to grow with those tendencies with, with your client. And that's just going to help you in the long run as a consultant as well. And just trying to get them in the right position. Right. Oh, you're 100%. Cause I haven't, you know, a complete understanding of what a guy's after. Yeah. After the first or second year, typically I know what they want. And, you know, there, there are certain styles, certain tendencies, we all have them. And when great hunts pop up, a lot of times I just pick up the phone, call somebody because sure. I, I know, you know, maybe Aaron has the points. Here's a mule deer hunt that just came up in Montana. Aaron's got the points to, to do it. I know this is in his wheelhouse of it. What he told me he wanted six months ago, boom, I pick up the phone and we get certain things going just because I, I understand what a guy wants at the end of a day. So, you know, you make a great point right there. That's another reason to have a diverse and robust 
portfolio is because in that instance right there, I might have points in a state where maybe you know I didn't draw in one state and I was like bummed out. But then you get on, you know, you hear for something like, "Hey, I've got a mule deer, maybe not in Arizona, but I got one over here in Colorado. Do you want to do this one?" Call them up, boom, I'll do it. Like that's a great example of having a diverse por- por- portfolio, in my opinion. Oh yeah, sometimes you have no desire to use those points anytime right. soon. Yeah, the right opportunity just falls in your lap and you jump on it. Maybe you, like you said, a lot of guys have their own business. Maybe they just got done with a a big deal, like maybe a contractor or something. I got some extra money. You know, let's do this. Oh yeah, know. it's time to reward myself. Yes. <laughs> we all give ourselves a birthday present, or you know, a, yeah. A, Pat on the back and a slap on the ass, attaboy type of concept, don't <laughs> For we? Sure. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. So, okay, we've started a portfolio. Have I missed anything with the starting of a portfolio? No, I'd say we've got got kind of the groundwork covered. Okay, so it started. Now let's talk about maintaining the portfolio. So, what is the best way to to maintain this thing to keep it diverse, robust, and maybe add on a little bit? So again, it's stand on that level, keep the ball rolling in the right direction. When we initially set this up, we had, you know, at that point in time, a timeline of what you wanted to do. Uh, how would I put that? You know, so we had your goals. We had that roadmap laid out. Sure. When I'm laying out a portfolio, typically I know what hunt somebody is going to go on over the next 10 years. That's already been mapped out in my head and I'm making notes on all that. So we know what we're doing. We know the direction we're headed. And then it's just about consistency. Renew it every year. And by renew, I mean, we send you a letter that says, hey, it's time to get portfolios going for 2023. Give me a call. And during that process, hey, any, you know, any new hunting goals, any new, you know, species you want to add, things of that nature. If you say, no, all good. Okay, let's stay with what we what we did. Let's stay the course. And that roadmap, we're going to get to every destination we laid out during that initial phone call. Now we're just on the, it takes time. Mm-hmm. We might hit a tag in one of those random states early. That changes the roadmap. But otherwise, we have to stay consistent, build our points, do the prerequisite things we've laid out to get to each one of those, you know, destinations, each one of those hunts. And, you know, it's like anything, priorities change in life. A lot of guys start with, I want to hunt elk and deer. And then all of a sudden they find out there's Ibex and Oryx and Audad, New Mexico. Oh, I, I'd really like to do that. Okay. All right. Let's, let's talk through that. Let's take five minutes go through what the hunt's like, how the process works, and, you know, maybe say, ooh, that, you know, that Ibex hunt was, for me, 10 years ago. That Oryx and Audad sound great. Let's get that on there. And and then we're just working through each thing. Yep, that makes total sense. Now, the renew process, this is something I really like. And so let's say I, last year, I put in for Kansas and Iowa. Next year, I will get something in the mail or an email or a call from you saying, hey, man, this is what we got for this year. And it gives you a price breakdown of what you paid. And I really like that because for me, I forget about that stuff sometimes. And it's like, well, you know, and may it might be to the point where it's like, well, I don't want to spend 2500 bucks this year or something like that. Or 
maybe let's cater. I like that price breakdown where I can see it in my face, and it's like, okay, Eric, I don't want to do cans this year, but let's try, you know, Colorado meal there. Let's start with that path. I really like that breakdown. Take me through the renew process um, when that you know that email or that call gets sent out, and what do I have to do after that? So we always mail out the portfolio renewals sometime between mid-November, mid-December. Simple letter in there. It says, hey, take a look at it. Shoot me an email. If everything's good, I can get you charged out. You're ready to go. Or let give me a call. If you have changes, you have questions, call me. And again, it goes back to your consultant. You're calling somebody you've spoke to, no. And let's walk through you know, what you want to do. Are we planning for this year, next year? Sometimes we're planning hunts three years out. So we're just building the necessary points to do that. But we talk through it and make sure you're comfortable, you understand what's going on, and proceed with the plan. So the renewals, it, I have a lot of guys because most most of this is front-loaded where I get that really good understanding for yes. what you're after, where a lot of the renewals are you know, five minutes. And that's one of the conveniences of our service, in my opinion, is I know I know what's best for you and I'll take care of it. Trust me that I will take care of you. And it takes, it doesn't take time because time's the only asset none of us or any of us are ever going to make more of. Right. So yeah. when it comes to that, that's where we are absolutely superior. We're making a plan for you and it's not taking your time. It's a quick call. Hey, Eric, let's go with it. Or, hey, let's amend this a little bit. Five, 10 minutes. You're good for the year. You can get off the phone and understand every one of those applications will be submitted with your best interest. Not miss a deadline either. On you know time. What I mean? Yep. And if you hit a tag, I'm going to be there for the second part of the process. Hey, I need to find somebody. I need to get, get the best outfitter in that area. I'll cover you there too. It's not taking your time to then figure out, what do I do? I drew a great tag. Now, now what? Hey, everybody. I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are. They're the best in the market. If you're looking for accuracy and dependability, make sure to go check them out. Get that gun of a lifetime coming your way at gunworks.com. If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out Rough Tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years, and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out, roughtough.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, worldwidetrophyadventures.com. Let's get into that next. I like that transition because a lot of people don't understand what you do after the tag is drawn. So let's go through that process. So like, let's say I draw this tag. Now I'm like, Eric, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like, how, uh, how can you help me here? You're, it, it is, it, it's oftentimes a phone call that involves some form of shock because all of us, <laughs> all of us think we won the game when we drew the tag. You know, if you draw that, that once in a lifetime elk tag, sheep tag, whatever it is, you all, you feel like you won. Mm -hmm. And then 10 minutes later, it sets in of, Oh, now, now what do I do? Or do I, where am I going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been there. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have time to go scout it. I don't have, I don't have the resources to make this happen on my own. Mm -hmm. Who do I go with? Well, 
we've we've been in this business for 20 plus years. Yep. We have a very robust uh, outfitter portfolio of guys and it's an ever evolving portfolio. We stay on top of who is producing the best animals and providing the best services in each respective area. That way, when you draw that great tag, yeah, you did, you jumped the first hurdle. Now the second hurdle, we're gonna have you hunting with the premier outfitter for that tag in that specific unit. We're not just gonna paint it with a broad brush and say everybody, you know, go with this guy, go with that guy. No, most of our outfitters are local to these areas, grew up hunting them, and they spend a pile of time in those hills. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're livestock to them in a way. They know these things. Oh you yeah, know what I mean, it's whenever you're in your backyard, that's where you're most comfortable, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. And that's what I like about you know you, you WTA and you guys. They you don't just help get the tag. It's from A to Z system. It's a turnkey deal. You are stuck to you for the whole system. You know what I mean? You're not going to be left on an island. Like I said, you're going to bat for that client and making sure that their best interests and their expectations and their experience is the best it possibly can be. Oh, from start to finish. Yeah. Sometimes it takes years to get there mm -hmm. with the point building, et cetera, but that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. I like that. So I guess, can you, is there any way, like if somebody starts a portfolio with you, can that person see the portfolio at any time, like online or, you know, how, if somebody wants to see what it looks like and it's like, okay, this is what I got for next year. And they're trying to plan it out and everything. And they just want to see it in front of, how can they do that? Uh, best way is just to contact us, shoot me an email, say, Hey, I lost my portfolio. Shoot me over an email with it. I'll send it over. If there's any questions, we can jump on the phone, go through things. Uh, we are in the process of setting up a client portal okay. that's supposed to be a really, it's got a lot of neat features on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that should be coming in the pipeline here in the next year. It sounds like as well, that'll be handy for some people, but that'll be nice. Most of it's just personalized communication. Yeah. I, the client portal will be nice just because like, there's a lot of times I'm like, how many preference points do I have? And like, I've emailed you and called you like, dude, I don't know. How many do I got for Iowa? Is it three this year? Is it two? Or that's, you know, I always want to know where my preference points are at. But um, quick transition, though. Let's talk about deadlines. And deadlines are huge. And, you know, your big part, the deadlines are more from like the first, like January 1 to what, July? Uh, really, yeah. Call it. You Move know, that mic. Move, oh, there you go. January one, I call it June tenth. Okay, encompasses most of the deadlines, and it just these deadlines can be a bit overwhelming, especially if you're doing this stuff on your own because mm -hmm. it's just boom, 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 and the systems are oftentimes plagued with lag or they flat out shut down. So waiting till the deadline day to apply just because you met the deadline doesn't mean you're actually going to get in right. to apply. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's another big thing. I like having you in my corners because I'll forget a deadline. You know what I mean? And if I missed an Iowa deadline to me, that is the end of the world because that's one year I didn't get to gain a point 
and that just prolongs the, when I can go back to hunt a whitetail. You know, so you guys, like I said, you're on top of things. You know when deadlines, they're on your website. You can see them. You probably know them by heart, to be honest with you. Oh, all the ones with consistency, yes. <laughs> I can pretty much, in in general, within a day or two, name most of them. Just, yeah. It's out of habit. Yeah. It's this. That's one of the key factors here is not missing these deadlines. And that's where, you know, our team plays a major role. WTA tags is not Eric Shell from start to finish. WTA tags is a team of consultants, administrative assistants, an accountant. It, everybody plays a part in that mm-hmm. of making sure nothing slips through the cracks. Yep. The yep. ladies we have in our office are absolutely second to none when it comes to double checking every thorough. little thing they're very thorough oh undoubtedly yeah no so, i i agree it's a well-oiled machine you got to have the support staff to make something work correctly mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of people that do it without and i don't know how i ever would because no the system we have in place is is foolproof yeah for sure very good man did i miss anything is there anything that you want to touch on right off the bat that i'm like well we need to talk about that no, I think we've covered it all. Okay. The biggest things I would say is somebody who is, you know, call it ground floor zero. They are just getting the thought of, I want to hunt the West or I want to draw a tag for this species or that species. You know, ask yourself some questions. Uh, and I always tell people, you know, be honest with yourself. That way you can be honest with a consultant and lay out the right plan for you. You know, how many hunts do I want to do a year? What's my physical ability? And what are realistic, you know, timelines and outcomes for these things Mm -hmm. for your personal situation? If you know you want to do X, Y, and Z, be direct and say it. That's the biggest thing is just... Be transparent. Yep. Blunt communication goes a long ways. Yeah. And if if you are... Frank, with your consultant on the phone, they're going to set up a plan that works right for you. Mm-hmm. But you have to sit there and ask yourself those few questions. And if you can answer those, any one of our consultants can lay out a plan that's going to work for you. Yeah. Okay. And I just thought of something, honestly. I'm not going to wrap this up real quick. Something I want to talk about here. Um, but I want to piggyback off what you just said real quick. And if you're intimidated about starting a portfolio and getting this started, don't be intimidating. It's It seems like an intimidating process maybe, but like, just call. Literally just call and talk to someone and, and get the ball rolling. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to know virtually anything. No. Answer a few personal questions, and your consultant's going to do the rest for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you said, yeah, I'm going to start this on my own, it could be very intimidating when you start trying to understand every state's individual deadlines, species, how the tag system works, where to apply. That That is intimidating because it's always changing. Yep. Once you, you feel like you've learned it, you didn't learn it. It's mm-hmm. going to change next year. The tag quote has changed. Everything is ever evolving when you look at it from that side. But that's that's my problem. Yep. I stay on top of that 365 days a year. That's not my client's problem. So from a client perspective, no, it's 15 minutes of your time. 
Yeah. Call, talk to somebody, and they will help you through the process and make sure you understand it and are comfortable with it before you ever do anything. Yep. That's perfect. So the last thing I want to touch on here is DIY. There's a lot of DIY guys out there. Is a portfolio for them as well. Yeah. I mean, you still have to draw tags even if you want to do the hunt on your own. Yep. There's not an option. I mean, obviously, there's there are other avenues, but they get extremely expensive very quick. If we're going to start talking about I'm just going to buy landowner vouchers or mm-hmm. I'm going to buy auction tags, that that changes the world. Somebody who's a DIY hunter, it's the same conversation. How many tags do I want to draw a year? What species am I interested in? And then we also need to know, hey, I want to DIY all my elk and mule deer hunts. If I draw a sheep tag, I'm hiring an outfitter. Mm -hmm. I know as a consultant, I'm going to tailor that application to areas that are very friendly to the DIY hunter as opposed to a unit that's 80% private and tough to access any of the public land. That's just things we need to know up front. Yep. And we work around it and come up with the plan that's best for you. For sure, man. That's awesome. Dude, if if anybody wants to get a hold of you and talk about this and start a portfolio, tell them where they can do that. Best way to get in touch with us is calling the WTA Tags phone line. 800-755-8247. Or if you're just kind of curious, want some more information, jump on wtatags.com. And there's a wealth of information there about the program, what we do, who we are as individuals. And you can also contact us through email on there. Awesome, man. Well, Eric, thank you very much for doing this, man. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Aaron. Have a great day. You too. Thank you everyone out there for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.